Hey, welcome to the Sunrise and Shine podcast. My name is Steven. And I'm Zach. And we are sitting in a parking lot. <laughs> we are... I don't know what you're uh, trying to do there. Yeah, I know. We. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, my son is at soccer practice, and if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know this has been a recurring theme for a little over a month. Um, just trying to use my time wisely and take time while he's at soccer practice instead of me sitting Bored. and reading <laughs> or, or, or flipping through, scrolling yeah. on my Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or anything else. Um, actually doing productive and recording a podcast. So uh, I'm the pastor of Awakened Church in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Zach is the worship arts team leader. And and we also, while we're recording this podcast, we're live on Facebook. And so people, yep. there's some people on Facebook leaving comments, so we may address them from time to time. So please forgive us for that. But we're going to get started. And um, the question that I always like to kind of start with is, what has got awakening in you? And, um, you know, I was... I was thinking about this earlier because I knew I was doing this. Yeah. And uh, God's awakening in me just a, um, this uh, shining a light brighter on the fact that we live in a world where people are just so quick to be offended, about and everything. they want to fight, they want to do, they want to, they want to like do crazy stuff um, with social media. I don't know how real they want to be with it, but God's just awakening me to the fact that this this world needs His love and grace and compassion more than ever yeah. and the reason why god's awakening this to me is because i'm a fan of this pop band called churches from scotland and they did a song this year which is actually so far my favorite song that's come out this year um, called here with me and it was recorded by the um, dj producer called marsh that goes by marshmallow and marshmallow produced this song and it has um, churches on it, and they're doing the vocals and all this. It's a, it's a pop song, and so and I really like it. I dig it. I like pop music, and so then Marshmello collaborated with Chris Brown and Tyga. Yeah. And and churches just posted a we're disappointed and confused about Marsh. We we like Marshmello as a person. We appreciate his work. We loved working with him, but we are disappointed and confused by him working with these two uh, individuals because of their past record of. Um, um, Spousal assault, and assault stuff yeah. Like that, yeah, battery, battery and assault, and yeah, even Chris Brown even, beat even, the crap yeah. out of who was it, Rihanna? Yeah, yeah, and um, and then they started getting hate messages, even like we want to kill you. I wish you would get run over. Even Chris Brown tweeted to her, the singer from from churches, uh, "I wish you would get run over by a bus full bus load full of mental patients." What is this? What is this we're living in? Uh, this is where God is awakening in me. We've got to find a way to shut that kind of stuff down. Yeah. That when when somebody just makes a statement, you know what? I'm disappointed. I want to take a stand against, um, you know, spousal yeah. abuse or, or uh, that kind of thing, um, and then to get threatened with abuse, <laughs> it's like yeah. it's crazy. So anyway, that's that's what God's awakening me. Just the need for our our world needs His yeah, love. That's crazy. I didn't know uh, about that until ever. just now. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Yeah. What's um, God awakening you? I think you? a lesson that I've learned this week, uh, just a couple of days ago actually, um, Saturday right before I came to church. No, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. I'm losing track of my days. But um, never be too busy to share the gospel. Yeah. Because um, I was taking out groceries to a customer who comes all the time. She comes at least once every other day so she's a you know she's a good customer and we talk every now and then but she was listening to a sermon by Todd White in her car this last time that I brought it out and I didn't know she was a Christian and so I asked her you know who you listening to and you know I'm listening to Todd White oh that's cool I, you know I've 
talked to him a couple times at Christ for the Nations, and, you know, he teaches a lot, so... And then she started asking, well, where do you go to church? And so I started talking about Awaken, and she's like, well, me and my husband are just recently starting our journey as Christians, so we're not really familiar with a lot of stuff, um, but we'd love to check your church out. And so we just talked for like, man, it might have been 20 minutes of nice. me just sitting out in the parking lot, and there's nobody out there. My boss is texting me and rushing me and calling me and asking me where I'm at, and it's like, man, I understand that you're stressed, but I got other stuff to do. Right. Like, I'm working my first job right now. Yeah. You know, I can't go back to my second job. But, right. But yeah, so it, it was kind of a awakening that we get really busy a lot of times yeah and we don't take time to stop and actually talk to people about the gospel and about who jesus is right one of her questions was you know we've been we've been visiting a baptist church here in the city and it's just not really our thing what's your church like and what are the teachings and so (laughs) it was always jesus at the center yep all about jesus jesus is the subject yo and she was just blown away and she was asking questions like Okay, but what do you mean by that? Because these other people say that Jesus is the center, but there's nothing but drama. And it's like, yeah, but how do you incorporate Jesus in your everyday work life? And the way you do your taxes and the music that you listen to. Like, Awaken Church isn't just about let's show up on Sunday and be the best Christian we can be for one day of the week. Like, this is a everyday lifestyle. Yeah. And so yeah. For, for people to see that genuine heart, that the church has, it draws a lot more people. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I think that's what's refreshing for um, folks that you talk about being a genuine lifestyle and um, people that are unchurched, especially ones that are de-churched. Yeah. They pick up on that pretty quick. Yeah. Whenever they, they actually, when it's, they finally like, okay, let's check this out. And they're like, okay, this is different. And yeah. the word real and authentic have been used a lot. We actually use the word authentic in our vision statement, but over and over again, I've heard folks say some that have stayed around and some that have come and, and not stayed around, but they use those words like, this is not what I was expecting, you know, because you're coming to a church at a movie theater. You don't, yeah. you don't know what to expect um, most of the time. So yeah, that's for, uh, yeah. you know, for free shout out for anybody in the Natchitoches, Louisiana area. Hey man, we meet at Parkway Cinema at 10 a.m. every Sunday. We'd love to have you come. It's very casual. Come as you are. And, um, yeah. Yeah. She'll probably be there with her husband this sweet, Sunday. She sweet. said they were going to try to check it out. Yeah. So. Like, Sunday was really cool. We uh, had, um, like, more people than we had on Easter, and we have four first time people. Yeah. And one of them was, um, the mom of Candace, who's one of our singers, right. yeah. and she's from Michigan, so she was there on a visit. So she's not a, you know, that's that's a that's a cool thing. But again, four people yeah. who were there for the very first time on the Sunday after Easter. Right. Usually, the Sunday after Easter is you don't have you don't you, know, you don't have any yeah. regular people there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So cool. Joshua Craig says he's watching us right before his revival service starts. Sweet. So, All right, yeah. Josh. Hey, hope y'all have a good service. Your pastor is Ben Scroggs, and Ben Scroggs is one of my buddies from years ago we actually went to uh, college together at mid-america christian university and um don't hold that against us but we uh, go evangels but um yeah so you guys have a great um service have a great revival i know we need it uh, like i was saying a while yeah. ago that's kind of i guess that's the same thing i was saying a while ago when god's awakening me too but yeah our whole world needs a revival right now um, so you talk. Speaking of someone who was um, a new Christian or a new new to all this, um, the next question is: I'm I'm a new Christian. What Bible should I buy, and where should I start reading? You know, I get that question a lot being a pastor. Yeah. And um, I tell people like, you want 
Like it's good to get first things first. Get the the Bible app, U version Bible app. Yes. Everybody's got a phone these days. Get that app, and it's got multiple versions on it, and it's it's completely free. And you can also on that app you can download several versions that are that are available for download. That yeah. even if you don't have, free, so you right. don't have to pay for any. No, you don't have to pay for it, and you can download them even if you have uh, no Wi-Fi. You can still read it, read your Bible. Yeah, uh, I have that with the New Living Translation, which is the translation I I teach from. Yeah, and I picked that one because um, when it came out, it just seemed really readable and understandable. I wouldn't say, you know, if you get into all this theological uh, seminary type discussions about which one's the most reliable and, yeah, and all we've this had stuff. Multiple arguments. And you can have you can have debates and arguments all day long, but here's the thing. Somebody who's a new Christian and that's like one that's one of the key core values at Awakened Church is we're here we're here to give bring the gospel to unchurched people and yeah. de churched people. And those people who aren't familiar with the scriptures. And the the it's a very easy read, New Living Translation. Um like compared to version to version, it's it's a great translation. Yeah. Now, there's a great paraphrase of the Bible called the Message. It's yeah. super readable, and actually, if you're just going to sit down and, and like want to read the yeah, Bible, the Message is good. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily use it for study. Not for study, but just to read. The, but just to, get to your read. feet wet. Yeah, yeah. just to read the Bible. Is it great. was uh, co-written with Bono from U2. Right. So if you're a U2 fan, yeah. Um, but that's that's what I tell people. Joshua says uh, KJV or New KJV. I'm good with the new KJV. Um, the regular King James just kind of misses me. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. you know, it's not my It's thing. 2019, and let's just be honest. Um, I read the King James Version. I have yeah. the King James Version. So, I mean, I, I don't, I'm toting it around, I, you know. I do, not, I, do but, not, uh, I do not personally study from it on a regular basis. Yeah. And I never speak and preach and teach from it. Right. Um, just because of the wording. It is not... Um, authorized meaning it is God's version it's authorized meaning it was authorized by King James and his translators yeah and there was a lot of issues with those folks and so I don't want to get into all that just to say King James version new King James version both yeah. fine I would I don't I would not recommend either one of them to a brand new Christian yeah uh, I would recommend New Living Translation NIV maybe um, NIV maybe yeah there's a lot of just, things in the NIV that NIV is the most popular yeah. one out there I mean yeah. that's it's 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 it surpassed King James version as the most popular version so most right. people if they just go hey I want to go get a Bible they're going to pick up NIV um, your dad this, said thou art right thou art right my dad is awesome <laughs> my dad is like he doesn't even use a Bible anymore he just it's all from memory he's got the yeah. whole Bible memorized ask him he'll tell you he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, so, um, <laughs> if you're if you're a Christian, not necessarily a new Christian, but you're just looking for something new to read because you're tired of the translation you have, um, check out the Passion Translation. I've been reading through it um, probably for the past month and a half, two months, and it's really good. I wouldn't recommend it as a first Bible, but it's really good if you already know what you're looking for. Yeah. So. Yeah. So my my first go to is hey it's 2019 get the app yeah the Bible app called and U-version. the Passion translations on the app you too, can get so. all these translations are on there um, the Message New Living Translation NIV King James Version New King James Version American um, Standard American Standard God's Word Version there's and it's a ton you can even have it in Spanish and maybe even other languages they've even got the contemporary Christian or the uh, American Christian yeah. version or whatever. Yeah, American. Uh, is it called American Standard version? American now? Standard. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's got like a ton. So, so that's the first go-to. Yeah. Um, but I do think there's something gr- 
like something special about having the book in your hands, even though our culture has shifted to be so digital and so tech savvy. Um, for me, I even still hold the Bible in my hand when I yeah. preach. Um, I don't hold a tablet or anything. Nothing against those guys that do. It's just I, I like the book in my hand. And being able to turn the pages and that kind of stuff makes me feel more connected with it. That's just how I feel. So I encourage people to get, get your own Bible, but start with the app because Bibles are not cheap. And so where do you start reading? Real quick, I tell people um, one of two things. I tell them to start with... If they're just going to start reading it by themselves, start with Luke. It's the story of Jesus and his birth. And then Luke. And then after that, read Acts, which is a continuation of Luke. Yeah. It's the, 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 the followers of Jesus and what happened. Luke in wrote Acts too, the first. So. Yeah. Um, the other thing I tell them, if you want to read it and talk about it, like in a small group, or maybe we can meet one-on-one, or I can set you up, maybe Zach will yeah. disciple you. Start with John. Um, John is a great place yeah. to start, but it, you need, especially from the very beginning, you need somebody who knows what the language is about to help you understand. Yeah. You also need a box of tissues with John. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was yeah. with God. The Word, the word was, was God. God. Yeah. And it's like, if I don't have somebody to help me understand that, I'm not going to know what that means. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I tell folks. Spaz says she just needs large print. Me too, Spaz. I'm with you. I got my large pen here and my reading glasses. I'm on it. I'm on it. Um, so let's do. I'm gonna read like several questions all, and then we're gonna look at First Corinthians chapter five. This is your your warning for the Bible sword drill. Go now. Get your Bible. Go to your app. First Corinthians five. Ready, set, go. And when you got it, say Amen. All right, so we're going to read three or four questions. Then we'll read 1 Corinthians 5 and kind of maybe discuss these questions in the context of that one chapter of that one letter. Um, In your opinion, what degree should political matters be mentioned from the pulpit? Is it spiritual, religious teacher's duty to address such matters? So we got the question of politics in the pulpit. Um, The next topic is forgiveness. Um, I had a conversation that the Greek word from which we translate to forgive doesn't mean what we think of as forgiveness. And then, please discuss compromise in marriage. We're going to assume that doesn't mean compromising your integrity, but compromise as in give and take and getting along with somebody in marriage. Yeah. So we're going to cover, maybe cover most of that stuff as we read and discuss 1 Corinthians 5. So I got my trusty Bible open to it. Got it. So, and Zach's got it on his phone. And you got the app. Yeah. And the hard copy. Yeah. You're just, you're just rocking it, man. He's trying to impress his pastor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First Corinthians 5. Um, remember, this is a letter. We're picking up in the middle of the letter as yeah. we read this. So, just for context sake. Um, I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you. Something that even pagans don't do. I'm told that a man in your church is, is living in sin with his stepmother. You are so proud of yourselves, but you should be mourning and shame and sorrow, and you should remove this man from your fellowship. Even though I am not with you in person, I am with you in spirit. And as though as as though I were there, I've already passed judgment on this man in the name of the Lord Jesus. You must call a meeting of the church. I will be present with you in spirit. And the and so will the power of our Lord Jesus. Then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan so that his sinful nature will be destroyed and he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. Your boasting about this is terrible. Don't you realize this sin is like the 
little yeast that spreads through a whole batch of dough. Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. Then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. So let us celebrate the festival, not with the old bread of wickedness and evil, but with the new bread of sincerity and truth. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin, or are greedy, or cheat people, or worship idols. You have to leave this world to you would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant you're not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin, or is greedy, or worship idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but the scriptures say you must remove the evil person from among you. Okay, so that's a that's a lot there. Yep. Um, obviously, this this is a letter. Uh, the writer's name was Paul. He was a convert from being a Jewish Pharisee religious leader um, who was all about the Torah and he met Jesus after post-crucifixion and resurrection is when he met Jesus. So imagine that being your first meeting with Jesus. Right. And began to follow Jesus immediately and learned that Jesus is the Messiah you were looking for and began to go around teaching and preaching that. So he writes this letter. We pick up in the middle. Obviously, there's some issue in this uh, this, this gathering of people called the ecclesia, the people of God. The word church yeah. is used here. Yeah, well, this is in um, Corinth, too. And in right? Corinth, is like a mashup between Vegas and Amsterdam. It's not a pretty and, place. And... And that's a that's a nice way to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a pretty this place. Is, yeah, if you just historically, if you want to get your mind blown about um, how, mm, I don't know, man, how just naughty. Yeah, <laughs> how that's just the only way I could. How, I mean, they were just the, the 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 city of Corinth. That whole region was known for its debauchery. That's a that's the that's the word from yeah the debauchery word, and they were known for that, and it had a lot to do with idol worship and how they worshipped the idols and the and the fake gods that they right. worshipped had a lot to do with the sexual stuff that they were doing. So, so that was a part of that culture in Corinth was to brag about sexual things yeah. because of the fertility gods and goddesses that were a big part of their culture, and it was like there were brothels that basically. It was a place of worship. They would go in and get a prostitute. And so that was part of the culture. And so now they're trying to convert people to like follow Jesus and basically leave that behind. Leave that life behind. Everything you know, everything that's culturally right in your culture. And realize it's not right as you follow yeah. Christ and follow him and do it. That's actually going to tie into one of the other questions too. Right. But and yeah. go a different way. And so what Zach was, was pointing out is like the culture... It's specific. It's it's yeah. a. It's not like the other cultures of. Not all the cultures yeah. are the same, even in the New Testament. Yeah. And it's, you know, you can look around our world today and go, well, it, it applies because our world today yeah. is definitely kind of. Yeah, I in will this say that our world is, is kind of. We've been brought up on you know, sex sales. Yeah. And so you know, you women are used. It's actually pretty misogynistic right. the way that corporate America uses women to sell products. Right, but, um, and it is. It's not anything on Corinth. I'll just let you know that now. We don't live anything in anything like right. that was. But even now, to touches Corinth. 
Yeah, even now, like you're saying, um, it is, it's a subversive act of worship. Yeah. At that time, it was intentional. This is how we worship. That right. was their culture. It's actually, it is still worship. It's just nobody calls it that these days. Right. Oh, we're just, you know, living life or whatever. So having understand that, who Paul was, this is a letter to a, to a specific group of people in a very specific culture. Um, let's talk about that. Because it's, you know, um, he says to take this person who's living this lifestyle. With his stepmother. And, yeah, so... Probably we're not going to say that's um, that's the point for us. We got to find the eternal principle without right. spending a lot of time talking about that. Yeah, uh, that specific situation. What's the eternal principle for us? What do we take from this? Um, and it says to you know don't have anything to do with this guy. I love this this line and it's verse five. Hand, throw this man out and hand him over to Satan. Now, the sat, Satan is actually, when you read it in the in the original language, the Satan, or Hasatan, which means the Satan, or the accuser, is who you hand him over to. Hand him over to the enemy, this, the accuser, Satan, so that his sinful nature will be destroyed, and he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. So even in this context of this culture and this very specific thing, the whole goal is redemption. Yeah. I mean, we can't miss that. The goal is to redeem this guy so that his yeah. soul can be saved. Um, yeah, I've wrestled yeah. with this passage a lot. Um, I actually used to use this passage against people in a very wrong and out-of-context way to where, you know, you get called out on something and it's like, yeah, but I have the right to judge him because I'm in ministry and he's doing something wrong, so let's publicly bring him before the church and, okay. and tell people what he's doing wrong. Okay. And so there's a lot of people that still use passages like this in that manner. Right. And so... Let's publicly, you know... Shame? Uh, and, and, it, and it's like you were saying earlier, privacy and secrecy are two yeah. completely different things. Yeah, I picked up t- today so. on something I was reading or some maybe it was... Um, Maybe it was something to do with that. What I was talking about earlier about churches, yeah. the band churches, and something they said. I forget where I picked it up today, but I heard it today, and it was like there's a difference between. It might have been a podcast I was listening to. Everything is so blurred together right now, <laughs> but it was like there's a difference between privacy. It was definitely a podcast I was listening to. Actually, um, there's a difference between privacy and secrecy, and that's and I've had to face that as a pastor of uh, of church yeah. is that there's some stuff that happens you have to meet and you meet you know you follow the scriptures you meet with the person you meet with you bring the board of elders when it's the right time yeah. and you have to take some kind of action and I have had to um, ask someone like you you got to leave I've had to do this kind yeah. of thing before um, you you cannot be a part of this fellowship anymore why because Ultimately, we want to see the salvation of your soul, and that's not going to happen yeah. in this context. And so we're following this scripture. At the same time, we're following the scripture where Jesus says to go to them and you know one on one, and then if they don't make yeah. a, make a, if they don't repent, go to them with one other person or two other people. And if they don't repent, then bring them to the leader. So I've gone that far, and then that per, this, you know the person was asked, you know, hey, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to ask you to leave and yeah. step down from this position and this and this and this. And then the backlash was, why are you keeping secrets? Why is the pastor and the elders keeping secrets? And it was like, okay, there's a difference between privacy and secrecy. Yeah. No one is trying to keep secrets. Nobody's trying to hide anything under a rug. And that's a problem in our culture, in church culture, yeah. is there's always this doubt are, are um, non-trusting of the leaders when it comes to something like this. And I get it. There's been leaders who have uh, cheated people. There's yeah. been people that, that, have Multiple. Done, that have done wrong things when church with leadership. Yeah. Um, but now we've got to this place where 
you know, churches don't trust their leaders. And this comes across like immediately if you do something the right way, which means there is, there doesn't have to be a public shaming right. of every single person who who steps into sin. And it's not even that every single person that steps into See, sin has remember, to be uh, separated either. I remember growing up, the biggest one was Jimmy Swaggart. Yeah, yeah. When he right. was caught and everybody totally just... Jimmy Swaggart's a hypocrite. Don't listen to anything he says. Stop buying his Bible. Stop buying his books. Stop listening to his music. And... Then he started, you know, Family Worship Center in Baton Rouge, and man, they do awesome stuff. They really do. Now, it's not like a church that I would necessarily go to, yeah. but they do really good ministry. Right. Um, but he's repented. You know, he's walked publicly in repentance. Right. You know, there's a lot of people that get caught, and then they just quit. Right. Yeah, and you it's know. something I'm trying to teach my, my seven-year-old right now, and he has autism, so it's, it's a whole other world trying to teach him something. Yeah. But he'll do something... And he already knows this is not, it's out of bounds. Yeah. And he'll get in trouble. It happens at school today. And he'll get in trouble and he'll say, sorry. And then just keep doing it. And then, yeah. And then he'll, he might stop then, yeah. but he'll do it again tomorrow. And so this is the talk I had him with him today. I'm like, I'm glad you're sorry. I mean, that's, that, that is the right way to be. You did something that you shouldn't have. You went out of bounds and you knew that and you said, sorry, good. But the key here is to stop doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you have you have to stop doing it. Don't just be sorry, but but be. I didn't use this word repentant, but yeah. but use but be repentant. Like keep stay away from yeah. that. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. let's let's take this the ideas kind of in this the scripture this passage that we just read and look at these questions, couple of these questions again. Um, in your opinion, what degree should political matters be mentioned from the pulpit? Is it is it a spiritual or religious teacher's duty to address such matters? Um, you know, this is technically not a political matter, although it would play into church politics, um, which is a whole other thing. Um, you I, go ahead. What, what do you think, I would Zach, say that this? if we're talking politics like Democrat, Republican, Socialist, Left, Right, Liberal, all that kind of stuff. I really don't think that any of that has to do with your salvation. And anything that doesn't have to do with your salvation should probably not be mentioned in the pulpit. Okay. Um, I will say that there are times where leaders need to sit down and talk about what their church is centered around as far as beliefs and systems are. But I don't think that's on a Sunday morning. I think that's more of a let's sit down and have lunch, have a small group type of thing. We'll work you through what our church believes. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I don't think that the politics of America are your main concern, considering that you're an ambassador for another kingdom. Right. So our politics, are, I mean, we live in a monarchy. If you're, I mean, if you claim to be a Christian and you're part of this kingdom that Jesus has set up, the politics of your kingdom have nothing to do with what goes on in the U.S. It, yeah. to, to an extent. I mean, you're still living in this country. But you hail to a king and not to a president. So That's good. For, for us to say our church takes this stance and anybody who is disagreeing with this can kiss it, which is what a lot of churches have done, especially in the South. When Trump was elected, it got real bad. Um, that that's not a, a stance that I want to see taken from the pulpit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. As somebody who's faced this numerous times in twenty one years, especially the past ten years, um, 
to what degree? And again, it says, "What is your opinion?" So take this as you know, this is this is yeah. Stephen's opinion and Zach's opinion. Um, I I never have, nor do I ever see a time when I will um, publicly endorse a candidate from the pulpit on no. my on my on my social media, on my in conversations. Um, that's a whole different thing. That is not in the pulpit. Right. Um, also, I, I but I'm res- also know I'm responsible, and that. I want right. to be. I want to be um, careful in this world that is so us versus them, and I don't buy into us versus them. I yeah. try to. I try to get people turned turned off of yeah. the earth us versus them thing, and it's so easy to get to get into that because um, I have people assume I I vote a certain way or believe a certain way because one I'm a Christian, two I'm a pastor. Right. And and then it blows their mind and even question my salvation because I have friends who are Democrats. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally had somebody in the last in the last four years. I had somebody who was really upset with me because I had friends who were Democrats and I didn't and I didn't de- yeah. unfriend them. Now um. I, I will say that there are times where I will take a stance publicly as far as what a candidate supports and believes. I think issues you know? are definitely something that... I think issues are... The issues that that happen, yeah. sometimes generally, seldom... Sometimes specifically, but more generally, they're yeah. dealt with on a regular basis. When right. you preach Jesus, um, when Jesus is the subject and you preach from the scriptures, you're going to address... Things are going to be addressed like... Um, uh, gosh, this is the, the, some of the, the stuff going on in our culture. Other yeah. things is like, you know what? We're supposed to, we're to be people of love and yeah. to reach the same people Jesus reached to sit down to dinner with the same people Jesus sat down to dinner with. Right. His his group was you know the prostitutes, tax collectors, and lepers. You know who who's our group? Yeah. And you could start talking about different groups and uh, those who fit in certain communities and uh, that self label themselves as, as as something that didn't even exist five years ago. Right. And you could like say all this stuff and go. You know what? That's who Jesus would be hanging out with and yeah. I think that's who we need to love love into the kingdom right. and that one of the lies that we've been either believed and I think it's again back to the accuser Satan the the enemy gets us to believe this have this mindset that if I accept this person then I am enabling their sin, their lifestyle right, that yeah. I disagree with, and that's not true. Yeah, that's I have, not true at all. You can have. I, there's a lot of things. I have, a lot of things that people's part of their lifestyle are part of their behavior that I disagree with, and it may or may not be sin. I just don't. I disagree with it. If it's yeah. if it's a sin issue, I definitely disagree with. But there's a lot of things that aren't a sin issue, and I still have to disagree with them. But you know right. what? I sit down and have dinner with them, and I get I drink a cup of coffee, and we talk about we talk about yeah. things we can talk about, um, and we ha- we find a place to to meet, and that's what that's what Jesus does, and what we we should yeah. do. Um, so yeah, mention you know politics matters mentioned from the pulpit. Yeah. Um, See, I shared something on Facebook yesterday, and it was a picture, and it said, "I've heard a lot of Christians say this to unbelievers about." certain things and you know it's the term well I'm just blunt I just talk that way I'm just blunt and it was a breakdown of no you're not just blunt you just have a completely a complete disrespect for the way you talk to people and your yeah. opinion is more important than how you treat people right so you're not just blunt when you say things that affects people yeah. um, but I will say that what Paul said about 
Um, if you're trying to get away from wickedness, you might as well go ahead and leave the world. Yeah. So, I mean, no we're not supposed to be part of this world in the first right. place. So to involve yourself so tightly in a political party that that's all you do, you literally eat, drink, sleep Trump. I'm not saying that Trump's a bad president, you know, I'm not going to say that on Facebook Live, <laughs> but when that becomes your obsession, you're actually mm-hmm. worshiping your love of politics over Christ to yeah. an extent, and that's right. not good. And there's a lot, there's a lot of that, and then, you know, when you, when you don't, when you don't buy into that, people will, will use things like, well, you're not, you're, you're just not patriotic, you should just leave, and I'm like, yeah. no, no, I'm, I'm patriotic, I'm definitely, I'm not a nationalist, I'm, I'm patriotic. I love the country I live in, but I am a citizen of a kingdom right. before I am a citizen of this country. And there's many times when that that definitely comes out in, from the pulpit, yeah. but not in such a way where I endorse or not endorse certain candidates. Um, yeah, I do. There are comments that can be made and made the right way, and I think you got to be careful with that because there are Christians who ha- are in both political parties or how many ever political parties there are. They're Christians in every kind of walk of life, yeah. and it's not. We got to stop with the us versus them stuff. Find the common ground. Keep Jesus as the subject, yep. and start seeing an awakening to us being able to, to make a difference in this culture, so that when somebody takes a stand against spousal abuse, that they're not going to get threatened with abuse by, you know, yeah, and immediately be called a racist. This person. <laughs> When you make a, a statement of, like I'm, I disagree with domestic abuse, and somebody immediately starts calling you a racist because you disagree with domestic abuse, there's something broken here yeah. that we can't fix. But Jesus needs to needs to be the the fix, and yeah. that's what we're looking for. Um, for time's sake, let's let's do this um, forgiveness. It's the Greek. Like I heard the Greek word, so I, I went because I don't know Greek. I have a book, and I read the Greek words, and yeah. I love words. Um, so the main word that's used in the New Testament for forgiveness, the question was, um, I, I had a conversation that this Greek word that we translate to forgive doesn't mean what we think of as forgiveness. So um, the first word is the one that's used the most in the New Testament. And it's, I'm not sure if I say it right, but it's afi-ami. 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 And it means to send forth and to let go. Yeah. To send forth and to let go—that's the main word used in the New Testament. Yeah. Um, so, so forget trying to what it's what the word is, but the meaning is send forth, let it go. I guess you could sing "Let It Go" and yeah. you could turn that into a, a forgiveness a, song. A, yeah, we can sing that. The next sermon on forgiveness. Let's sing "Let It Go." No. <laughs> Not happening. Not happening. All right. <laughs> uh, you got it. I disapprove. Uh, there in in the in three letters, Second Corinthians. And once in Ephesians and once in Colossians, another word is used for forgive. Karizomi. And it's karizomihi. Yeah. It means to grant as a favor, to pardon or rescue. Um, so you have that one. And then the word forgiveness, the most often used word in the New Testament for forgiveness is ephesus. And it means freedom or pardon. So I don't know that any of those really are different than what we think of as forgiveness. You know, to, right. to send forth, to let it go, um, to grant as a favor, to pardon or rescue, um, freedom yeah. and pardon. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't find anything different there. I know that yeah. forgiveness is um, is something mandatory. If I know what Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, yeah, um, forgive. It's something that we've forgiven. we've definitely lost sight of in our culture. Yeah. Um, and all this crap about, well, you can forgive them, but don't forget. 
That's bull. Listen, listen. If you forgive somebody, you completely turn it around. Yeah, and there's some you know? there's some forgiveness where forgive and forget isn't yeah. isn't gonna because there's some things you just can't forget. Something right. some things that are done to you are to someone very that very close to you. Yeah, um, you don't just forget, but it's not forgive yeah. and forget isn't what Jesus said anyway. Yeah. He says forgive. When he says 70 times 7, it's like this is going to come up again. Yeah. Forgive every time. Yeah, I think a lot of people use that phrase now, and they say, I have an excuse to forgive them, but I'm still going to hold a grudge. Right. That's not forgiveness. You know, and that's not yeah. that's not how that works. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Forget. forget. you got to let go of the grudge. It doesn't yeah. mean forgetting. You earn. It goes back to forgiveness and trust. You you Forgiveness is a gift you give to that person but also to yourself because you're letting yourself let go right and trust is something that's got to be earned back Um, once trust is broken it's got to be earned back which which leads to that last question which is like can you address compromise in marriage sometimes you have to you really have to if you've broken trust in in marriage um, and that's the most sacred relationship that we have yeah and you've broken the trust with the one you're married to it's going to take time, and oh, yeah. and you it might as well. And that's what one of some of the you know things is. I've said I'm kind of back to my seven year old with autism. I said I was sorry, and she's still not over it. I'm like, no, nope. yeah. she and she said she forgave me. Well, she did forgive you, and she, I'm trying to, yeah. to help her help her to understand as a pastor. She may have to forgive yeah. you again. There's another again. thing that I saw on Facebook yesterday that was really good, and it was um, <coughs> an apology without change is just manipulation. Oh. Oh wow! Say that again. An apology without change is just manipulation. Ooh. There and you I go, folks. Like I I'm not gonna lie. There were a lot of people that it was hard for me to forgive. Um, and we're not talking just you stole my video game or whatever. Like there there there's real life stuff that people struggle with on a daily basis, which is the root to a lot of anxiety, depression, um, self harm type stuff. And a lot of this stuff never gets dealt with because of unforgiveness. I can't forgive my mom because of what she did, you know? Yeah. And the sad reality is if you don't learn how to forgive, you're going to be stuck in the same rut you were stuck in three years ago when you couldn't get out of bed because you were so depressed. You know, like, forgiveness is such a big deal, but we don't talk about it enough. Right. And forgiveness is, um, yes, recurring theme for me, um... In, uh, in in sermons and, and even here, even with this podcast. No, not you, Mom. I was talking hypothetically. <laughs> For those listening to the podcast, Zach's mom is watching on Facebook Live and just um, that she was sorry, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Zach. Sorry about that. Yeah. She said no. me with a question mark. Me? No, not you. Me? I heard you. Yeah. No, Mom. You're good, Mom. <laughs> thanks, thanks for all you do. Mother's Day's coming up. Yeah, I, I'm reminding these guys like crazy. Mother's Day's coming <laughs> up. I've already said it like three times, and it's still like two weeks away. So Mother's Day is coming up, and um, <laughs> what? That's a weird segue uh, from compromise to marriage. So yeah, oh compromise, no. Stop. compromise in marriage means you give and you take. the The key is for both people to first of all. Sit down, have agreed upon boundaries and all kinds of ways. You need to, you got to figure that out. And if you need, yeah. I would say go to a pastoral counselor or a marriage counselor and help set that if you don't have that. <clears throat> so have some agreed upon boundaries that you discuss. Talk about these things. Don't just assume. Have conversations. 
and then realize that the best way to make it work is for both people in the marriage to be more concerned about the other person than themselves. Yeah. And I know that goes against everything. Is pop current pop culture is take care of you, you do you. You got to love yourself first and learn to love yourself and all that stuff is it's good and it's true, but it's not how marriage works. Marriage right. works when you put the other person other person first and they put you first. That's yeah. how it works. That's how it works in my marriage. That's how I've seen it work in my parents' marriage. It doesn't yeah. mean you you never get to do what you want to do. It means most of the time you both get to do what you want to do. Yeah. It's just timing and and within the boundaries that you set. It's it's not a loss of freedom. It's actually more freedom. You set boundaries like this. Here's what's out of bounds. And when you set that and agree with that, do everything else that there is to do. That's just, I mean, that's awesome. That boundaries set freedom. And yeah. talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And that's what I would say, you know, when it comes to that, that question on compromising marriage. Yeah. You both have to do it. If one's doing it and the other's not, it won't work. Yeah. Now, I, I will say that, and I'm not married yet. I'll be married in June, but... A month? Um, yeah, a month. Oh. It's getting close. Ooh. But um, I will say that compromise does not mean putting up with abuse. No. And so if you are in a marriage no. and you're, you know, you're being abused, you don't have to compromise with that. No. So, yeah, no. just for the, if you're listening. So before we before at. we quit, <laughs> before we stop recording the podcast, we're, we're a little longer than usual. That's okay. Yeah. Um, So you got, you're getting, you and Bree are getting married yes. in a, a little over a month. So what do you think yeah. the chances are of us getting Bree on podcast and just having to talk about like stuff? Oh man, not going to happen, is it? No, it'll happen. <laughs> it'll happen. I'll just I'll have to bait her. I'll have to uh, bait her with like some with some dinner or something like that. Something yeah. she likes. Yeah, she'll be, do it if she's doing be, something. I think that it. would be cool to do like a sit so, down. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So hey, all right, guys. Uh, the next podcast coming up is going to be a little different. I'm going to be sitting down with my friend Madison. And I'm going to be asking her some questions. And basically, I'm going to interview her, and we'll see where that goes. And it's going to be really interesting. She is a senior at Northwestern State University, and she has been an integral part of Awaken Church in the yeah. last year. She's a really and, cool person. And i um, looking forward to seeing what else she's got to share with us. So check out the next podcast uh, coming up very soon. So thanks for listening to Sunrise and Shine. Stephen and Zach saying God bless you, and keep Jesus a subject. See you.